Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So in uh, March of 2020, which was, as we all remember, a very relaxed and chill time, I packed up everything I owned in Arizona and moved to Idaho to start as the executive director at Habitat for Humanity. And because we were in, as it turns out, uh, the beginning stages of what would not be a mild uh, pandemic that would be over by Easter, but would last a little bit longer, I decided not to find my own apartment. My rationale was if you can't buy toilet paper in the grocery stores, you should just stay living with your parents. <laughs> and I had the great fortune of moving back home and being able to stay with my mom and my stepdad. So everything I owned went into a storage unit. I was trying to figure out what my life would look like now that I was back here in Boise. And it took about a year for me to have a home built and for me to be able to move back in it. And it was a fascinating thing, most of my clothes, because I really thought when I put my stuff in storage that this was gonna be like six weeks maximum and I'd be moving out and into my own place. And so most of my clothes, all of my furniture, beauty products uh, in this storage unit. And as I went through the year, every now and then I would go by and need to pull something out but when I got ready to move, I realized I hadn't touched so many of these things I thought I needed day to day in a year. And so well, there was a lot of clothing donations made, a lot of things that were thrown away that had just expired over the course of that year. And I am not a minimalist, so please do not think I threw away everything and started living a simple life. That has never and will never be me. But I had time to be more intentional about what I surrounded myself with. And I was able to have the luxury of really thinking, what does it say about my life where I'm investing my money, but also the time it takes me to collect this stuff? The time I spend worrying about the clothes that I buy or uh, whether this furniture works in this space. How much time am I spending on this and is that what I want to start this new start that I have here in Boise with. There are studies that say that there are 2.3 billion square feet of rentable self-storage in the United States because we have so much stuff that our homes cannot hold it. If any of you have had the experience that my mom had about a decade ago when she cleaned out her mom's five storage units, you will begin to understand that what we think of as treasure is so often just a place where we have put our stuff. And this series where we're going to be talking about how we view treasure is not an indictment of stuff. As I have said, I am not a minimalist. I like my comforts. I like having a good couch 
and comfortable chairs and more books than most people probably think they would ever need. But it's also about learning that we don't have to give everything away, but we can still be thoughtful about what is our treasure. I've had the opportunity throughout my career as a pastor to be with people in their last days. Fun fact, uh, on a first date, when you were talking about such things, maybe don't say, well, I've seen like hundreds of people die. And it's always a beautiful process because that sounds weird <laughs> to people that maybe don't have that context. But it is a beautiful thing to be able to be with people in those last moments, to be able to talk about what in their life mattered to them and, and the places that they had invested their time and there are some pastors who will say nobody ever talks about their stuff, but some people do. Some people will say, and I am so glad that my daughter is taking that beautiful bedroom set that brought so much joy and was the place of so much happiness in my home for so long. They do have that attachment, and it is okay if we have things that bring us that kind of joy. But more often than that, they are not worried about the treasure that moth and rust can destroy or that thieves can break in and steal. They're talking about the time that they spent with their family and their friends. They're talking about their moments where they saw God show up. They talk about community, children that they taught in school, people that they mentored throughout their careers. They talk about vacations and laughter and they share stories that are often really funny and sometimes really meaningful. They talk less about the salaries that they earned and more about the promises that they shared with God and with people. As we move through the series about treasure, we're talking about where we're investing our life, but it is also about money. Because Jesus talked about money a lot. People will say when I do stewardship series over my career, I don't come to church to hear about money. And I say, well, I'm sorry. But unfortunately, it is also something that Jesus cared about. Jesus talked more about money than about heaven and hell combined. Jesus talked about money more than anything except for the kingdom of God. 11 of Jesus's 39 parables are about money. One in every seven verses in the Gospel of Luke talks about money. The way we talk about money, the decisions that we make about what we do with our treasure, it does matter. The way this church spends the gifts that you all give, it matters. I often say in my work with Habitat that our budget is a moral document. It says what our priorities are. A church's budget, that's our moral document. It says what matters to us. We pour into our ministries. We pour into having a place to worship. We pour into our musicians and to the people who do our tech and to the people who care for our children because it matters deeply to us because that is central to who we are as community. Can you imagine not having the music we have on a Sunday morning? Right? It is central to how we understand God. And so we are happy to pour our treasure into those places. 
In the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Jesus is looking at the heart. Jesus cares about the heart of God's people. And one of the ways that he expresses that care is to talk about money and treasure. Because we cannot pretend that those things do not affect our hearts. Jesus knows that money stresses our relationships and can cause division among people. Money, and more specifically, the pursuit of it, can be all-consuming. Those who have lost jobs or find money hard to find will tell you that money isn't just a financial issue, but it's an emotional one and a spiritual one. Jesus talks about money because he cares about our hearts. And so these can be uncomfortable conversations to have as a church community, but it's one that I think we need to have honestly and openly. I think when we talk about our treasure, we're talking about where are we placing our focus, which isn't just about money. It is also about our time. Where are we putting our thoughts? What decisions are we making about how we spend our time? What are we filling our minds with? What decisions are we making when we set our priorities? The world can often teach us that where your heart is, that's when your treasure will follow. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and you'll become fabulously wealthy. And there are those who on a Sunday morning will convince you that if you love God enough, the money will follow. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. But Jesus is telling us the opposite. That where our treasure is, that is where our heart goes. And it's not just a change in semantics. It's not just a simple trick of words. Jesus knows that the places where we spend our money will become our treasure. Jesus knows what it says about a society that cares more about bringing gold in to the temples, cares more about bringing gold in to the places of government than it does for feeding its people. Jesus knows what that says about where their heart is. That is why we talk so much about these difficult things. Our financial commitments require time and energy. They pull our heart in a direction that perhaps neither we nor God ever intended. Thank you so much. (laughs) When you put your treasure into anything, your heart is following it, whether you want to or not. And so I am inviting you in this season to be intentional in the way that you think about that. I don't talk uh, about tithing. I don't give a percentage of our income that we should give. That has never been a comfortable place for me. I believe that if you are living at poverty line, 10% is overwhelming. And I believe that if you are Jeff Bezos, 10% is not nearly enough. (laughs) And so I invite people to give as the Spirit moves them, and I mean that sincerely. I invite you to give to the places that feed your soul. And if Collister is not a place that feeds your soul, 
I, and I mean this so genuinely, would love to hear why and how we can be better for you. One of my crises of faith came around a stewardship sermon. When I would say over and over, give to the place that feeds your soul, and I knew that I had no desire to give to the church. Because the church had not fed my soul in so very long. And I realized that was a good time for me to step away and step out of leadership and learn what it really means to feed my soul again. I am proud now to serve in a place that feeds my soul. To know that this is a place where our commitment to community and where our treasure is going reflects the best of who Christ calls us to be. I believe that Collister United Methodist is putting our treasure where we want our heart to be. And so I invite you to ask some questions of yourself over this month. If you didn't have any debt or commitments, I think the lottery is up to 900, 850 million. If you had that, where would you choose to store up your treasure? I do have to make a disclaimer here. The United Methodist Church cannot officially accept lottery winnings. However, if any of you win the lottery, I am happy to turn a blind eye. <laughs> As you consider where you would store up your treasure, where is it currently? Is that where you want your heart to be when you look at the choices that you've made? When we invest our lives in the things of God, when we lay up our treasure in heaven, I think we begin to find a different kind of connection to God. When we don't let money lead our heart to the places that lead us further from the kingdom of God, but closer. What new joys, what new places of grace begin to show up in your life? My friends, none of these are easy questions, and I am so grateful to be in a community that feeds my soul so that we can ask them together. And I am grateful that in the midst of all of our hard, hard conversations, we can end them by coming together at a table, knowing that whatever we are wrestling with and whatever struggles we might have in these questions, we can come to God's table where we are fed and where we are made whole. And so I invite you now to prepare your hearts as we join together in the words of communion.